Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello there, welcome to another Arsblog Arscast, right here on arsblog.oleole.com. The scene is set, I've got some beer, there it is, there's an empty one, and there's a thing of Mr. Muscle Window Cleaner, which I might drink also, so uh, it could get interesting a bit later on. Uh, on the next 30 or 40 minutes of Arsenal-related guff, we've got John Cross from The Mirror. He'll be along to talk about the possibility of Arsenal signing a new goalkeeper this summer. At this point, I would be inclined to check the rules to see if it was legal to string a colossal squid between the goalposts and between the crossbar and the ground and, and just kind of hope for the best. Because it's probably as effective as, as Lucas Fabianski. Uh, John will also be talking about where he thinks Arsene Wenger might spend his money this summer. Doesn't go hand in hand too often, I know, Arsene and spending money, but he's got to do it. Sylvester will be along, Arshavin will be explaining why he's had a, a bad week, and there's all the usual bits and pieces between now and the end of the show. So, we're heading into the final game of the season. Arsenal play Fulham on Sunday, and it should be, or it should have been, a stroll in the park for both teams. Fulham have qualified for the Europa League final, they're going to send out some reservey guys who are just going to play around. And Arsenal, freed from the burden and all the pressure, having been crowned champions weeks and weeks ago, uh, could just enjoy the final day of the season in front of the fans and hopefully some sunny weather. Uh, regardless of the fact that Arsenal haven't been crowned champions, we should be nice and comfortable in third place. But we're not. Uh, the final day of the season is a meaningful game because Arsenal need to get something out of it. Spurs could overtake us. <clears throat> Sorry, a little bit sick in my mouth there, even saying that. Spurs, who beat Man City to qualify for the qualifying round of the Champions League, could overtake us. If they beat Burnley and we lose to Fulham, they'll finish in third place. This is not pleasant. This is not good at all. However, it is entirely our own fault. And when I say our fault, I mean the players and the manager. Not our fault. Because we haven't done anything. And the fans haven't done anything apart from go along and support the team. And the team haven't really responded in recent weeks. It's been fairly dismal since the end of the Barcelona game. And it continued against Blackburn on Bank Holiday Monday. It started reasonably brightly for Arsenal because Theo Walcott set up Carlos Vela starting his first Premier League game of the season and you can say, oh, look, he's in there, he's sharp, he's going to score. And how he missed that, he was almost bang in line with the right-hand post and missed it past the left-hand post. How, how, how do you do that? 
I've been responsible for some misses in my time in games of football. But, you know, I, I could have scored that. And that was about all Carlos Vela did for the rest of the game, apart from fall over a bit and look for free kicks, and that was never going to happen. Nevertheless, we took the lead. Old school Arsenal corner, flicked on by Bakary Sanya. Robin Van Persie nodded in. You're thinking, this is a sign. It's an omen. When's the last time we scored a goal like that? We're going to beat these about 3 or 4 nil. But the performance was lethargic. Players were disinterested. Blackburn were physical. We didn't give them any back, which is really annoying to me because you know Blackburn are going to go after you. They're going to be physical. They really did target Robin Van Persie. Um, Obviously, they're upset with Robin for all the goals that he scored against them down the years. But we didn't give them any back. We didn't stand up for ourselves. And that's where um, this team lets itself down. Performances, you can play badly, but at least don't get bullied by a pack of fucking walrus-led cunts like Blackburn. That really annoyed me. The first goal, um, Fabianski was kind of fouled, I thought. But we could have stopped the goal. I thought Nasri's defending was really, really poor. The second goal, yeah, I don't want to be too harsh on Fabianski, really, because he's not the one that picks the team, is he? He's not going, you there, much better goalkeeper than me. You're not playing today. I am. Ha ha. It's my ball. I'll go home. I'll take my ball home unless I'm playing. Arsene Wenger picks him. But he is a weak link, and Blackburn went after him, and the goal was inevitable. Another mistake. And what was telling, I think, more than anything, was when it went in, and I think it was a goalkeeping mistake. I know we've had the debate during the week that there was a foul, and Dunn was backing into Campbell, but, you know, this is what I'm talking about, about us standing up to them and being stronger. We've got Diaby, who's six foot two, six foot three. Why isn't he in there? just standing in the way of people. Why isn't Fabianski stronger, pushing people out of the way, elbowing them in the ribs, doing what Jens Lehmann did, standing on their feet, making a fuss, because as soon as Jens made a fuss, the ref was watching to see was the goalkeeper being fouled, and when the goalkeeper is fouled, let's face it, referees are really, 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 really quick to give a foul against a goalkeeper. The minute they see any kind of foul on a keeper, they give it. So if you make the ref aware that you're being fouled, he's going to watch closely. And if there is any kind of foul or even anything approaching a foul, he's going to give it. Fabianski is a bit too laid back, a bit too timid. So I think it was a mistake by the goalkeeper. And he sat on his arse in the goal on his own. Not one of the Arsenal players went to him and said, come on, get your head up, let's go. Everybody makes mistakes. Nobody. And it left us... Uh, ultimately in a position where we couldn't win the game because too many of the other players, and I'm not going to go into individual performances, I've been through it on the block, too many other players just didn't turn up and didn't play and didn't look interested. So you lose uh, three points or even one point that would have made qualification, uh, automatic qualification for the Champions League safe. And we could have been going into this Fulham game quite happy, well, reasonably happy, much happier then comparatively happy to the way we're going into it now because it has sparked a huge uh, reaction from Arsenal fans. And I'll deal with that a little bit later on, some of the overreaction to the way the season has ended. It hasn't been 
pleasant at all, but I think it has to be addressed. Anyway, to talk a bit more about Blackburn and, and uh, as I said, to talk a bit about transfers, uh, I'm delighted to welcome back John Cross from the Mirror uh, to the Arscast. Hi, John. Hello, hi. Blackburn, if we can start there, uh, another poor performance, another poor defeat, and we'll touch on Lucas Fabianski because we've got to in a couple of moments' time, but the general uh, lethargic nature of Arsenal's performance and, and individuals that didn't look like they particularly wanted to be there on the day was was what uh, frustrated me the most. How is it that, um, given the fact that Arsenal need points that, uh, and you've got players out there who are, like Carlos Vela, for example, who is, is getting his first Premier League start of the season, who's... Uh, should have a point to prove. How how are the team performing like this at the moment? Have they just run out of legs? Well, possibly. I do think that Carlos Vela, I think you're right to touch on him. He was absolutely, um, you know, so disappointing. I mean, lots of people have been getting very excited over Carlos Vela over the last couple of years, um, uh, believing that he's a really big talent and coming through. And I must say, some of his performances in the in the Carlin Cup, for example, I mean, you know, he's been brilliant in that competition on a couple of occasions makes you think that he's got a big future and yet when he gets his chance you really think you would like to think you know I always think that sort of fans will um, forgive uh, defeats or, or, or sort of poor performances on, on occasion as long as they can see that the players are committed and I think that that Carlos Vela and the rest of the team you looked at that performance at Blackburn and I thought that far too few players showed that sort of level of commitment that fans would expect and would demand and I think that was the biggest disappointment for me really I mean that level of commitment that I think has has been on the wane ever since that, that defeat at Tottenham and since then you've seen a real dip in form confidence and, and you know level of commitment I think that's the biggest disappointment of this terrible end of season Would that be a big worry for the manager because obviously he's he's not uh, blind to the fact that Arsenal still need points and obviously Tottenham's win on Wednesday night means that Arsenal needs something from the final game against Fulham and we'll come to that game but uh, you know would that not be a huge worry for the manager because he talks a lot about how he's got faith in these players and belief in their talent and they, they're hungry for victory and they're hungry for success yet you know when, when it comes down to it either he's unable to motivate them or they're unable to be motivated yeah i do think it's a major concern um i do think um that in the, in the past month or so i think that sol campbell's been by far and away arsenal's best player i think he's been absolutely outstanding i think there's been other players who sort of you know done well i think robin van persie's come back and done done well um but really, there've been good odd performances and, and, and so on, which have been which have been absolutely fine. But I do think so many players have been so disappointing. It's it's you know, and this is their chance. This is their chance to sort of say, you know, pick me for for, for next season and, and, and really sort of lay down a marker. And I think that that has been really disappointing. I thought it was interesting. I think that I think there was a little bit of fallout after the Wigan game, in which I think the manager really stuck into the players and I think some of the players thought that perhaps it wasn't just their fault in, in that Wigan game I think that the manager was a little bit perhaps could have done better with his substitutions I mean it was it, I found it a little bit unbelievable that he didn't put Van, Van Persie on earlier for example that would have changed the emphasis of the game I think and sort of you know if he'd put him on the, the hour mark when Arsenal were 2 nil, like, I'd you know, Arsenal would have gone on and won that game, absolutely no question, but he left it too late, and by then, we're going to turn the this, this scoreline around. So, look, I think everyone, you know, wants to proportion blame, and I think some, some of the manager's tactical things have been a little bit 
little bit strange. But as soon as they seem to have lost the focus of going for the title, I think that's affected the players' motivation. And I think I think as soon as you get into the fact that the players are looking slightly less committed than they should, I think it's really, really disappointing because they're not just playing you know, for themselves, they're playing for the pride of the shirt and also for the supporters. Bank Holiday Monday, Blackburn away, it's, it's not an easy trip. It's, it takes dedication and I think the supporters have shown that and they've shown their support and I think that was, a, you know, after the game was a culmination of frustration, I think, a lot of supporters getting really, really annoyed and really hacked off with some of the below-par performances. Mm, understandable too. And um, a recurring theme in the Arscast this season from almost the first one right through to the end uh, of the season as we are at now has been the goalkeeping situation. Uh, Lukas Fabianski was given another chance uh, to play. We're, we're led to believe that Almunia has got an injury and, and can't play. Um Blackburn targeted him as a weak link, as you would expect any team to target an obvious weak link in, in the opposition. Uh, I thought he did all right for the most part, but you know when it came, when push came to shove, uh, and no pun intended there, he was found wanting and um, another mistake has, has cost Arsenal points. Why is Arsene Wenger persisting with Lukas Fabianski when... In nearly every game he puts him into, he costs Arsenal a goal and, and points. I think that Arsene Wenger is, is, and this is to his great credit, that he, he's he's incredibly loyal manager. Um, it takes something uh, exceptional for him to turn against the player. I think sometimes the more the press, the fans, everyone really criticise a player. Uh, get fed up with that player I think the more he tries to dig in his heels and say I'll show you um, and become more stubborn <laughs> I think by all accounts that Lucas Fabianski is really good in, in, um, in, in training and does, and does really well um, I hate that um, uh, description of goalkeepers oh they're a good shot stopper because I tell you what, if, you, if you're not a good shot stopper when you're a professional goalkeeper, then there's something wrong, isn't there? I mean, if you're a bad shot stopper, what does that say about professional goalkeeper? But it's ridiculous. It's all about presence as a goalkeeper for me, um, because presence leads to being commanding of the box, um, coming for crosses, being command of your, um, basically your defenders. And, and clearly, it's a problem for Lucas Fabianski in the Premier League environment. It's also been a problem in the Champions League environment. And he doesn't seem to, to command enough, really. And I think, Ed, you're right, every game he plays in, he looks vulnerable. And you have to expect, then, opposition um, to, to target him. Of course, they're going to put sort of big guys like sort of Samba on him, you know, uh, from some set-piece situations to unnerve him. I mean, you would hope, you would expect Arsenal to target a weak left-back if, if Blackburn had one, you know, with Theo Walcott running at him. It, I mean, that's, that's logical, but... What, what, what disturbs me is that I think everyone else can see that there's a problem with, with Fabianski. I mean, if he's got the talent in training, it would suggest to me that there's now a bit of a mental problem. And I think Arsene Wenger perhaps has to be bold and take a decision, take him out the firing line. As I understand it, if, if Almunia uh, was really needed, he could play. He has been carrying a little bit of a wrist injury, but I do think it's become a bit of a diplomatic wrist injury to give... Fabianski a chance. He's not taken that chance, and I think that's that's so disappointing. But you know, Arsene Wenger is, is a great believer in, in in young players, isn't he? Coming through, he sees Fabianski is 25, 26. Um, Sesny has just turned 20, but from what I gather, he'll be sent out on loan to a Championship team next season. He's not 
on the radar at the moment for the first team. Right. And I worry that um, really um, at, at the moment next season, I think it, it, you know we might not see a goalkeeper because coming in because I do think that if you look at Arsene Wenger's track record on transfers, he never makes spend more than three and absolute most four signings and, and the priorities are going to be elsewhere. It's going to be a centre-half. We're going to get Shemak in. And, and really, once, once you sort of take up maybe one centre-half, possibly two, if Calaf goes, I'm sure that's okay, but will stay for another year. Um, but, but basically, it's, it's, it's going to be, uh, you know, you're going to be sort of stretching things, really, and he, he doesn't do that. So I wouldn't be too surprised. I think there are a couple of keepers on his radar and I think every fan, you know, I'd love to see a new goalkeeper at Arsenal because you desperately need one. But I do worry that the more people say this to, to Arsene Wenger, uh, the, the more, um, you know, stubborn and, and, and perhaps, you know, determined he comes uh, to, to actually sticking with what he's got. And I think that's a real worry because I think fans would be very upset if that's the case. I still think there's a possibility of a new keeper, but I don't think it's an absolute 100% dead cert. Well, that's kind of scary. I mean, I, I, you see the stories linking us with Buffon, and of course everybody is getting very excited over the idea of someone like Buffon coming in. But, you know, financially, that's, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Personally, no, well, I mean, Austin Wenger doesn't, doesn't, with respect, doesn't have a great record, as, as, as you know, you know, signing sure. ageing megastars, does he, who command huge amounts of money. I think, you know, Suker <laughs> is, is perhaps the only one. So you've just got to be logical about these things, haven't you? You know, mm. I do think he's perhaps looking at the guy from Shakhtar and then sort of Romero and Azad Alkmaar and then perhaps, you know, see, see what else sort of emerges. But I really don't, I mean, why would Man City, for example, let Joe Hart go to another top four uh, rival? So that's you know that that those sort of problems sort of sort of then kick in. So you know let's keep our fingers crossed. I think really because Arsenal need a new keeper certainly. All right. Well, um, yeah, I'm keeping pretty much everything crossed there. Yeah. And and what what confuses what not so confuses me a little bit is that he has been in the past you know more than ruthless with certain players and Jens Lehmann we've spoken about mm. before and and um, even someone like Senderos for example who. Uh, in the life of a centre-half is very young and made some mistakes and fairly uh, high-profile mistake in the Champions League. But he was, you know, from that point on, from one really, really costly mistake, that was pretty much centre-off done and dusted at Arsenal um, and wasn't given a chance to redeem himself in the next game in the way that Fabianski has been. So it's it's a bit of a strange one in that, you know, at times he's so ruthless with, with players and then others, his, his patience seems... Uh, endless uh, as it is with Fabianski. Um, all right, well let's let's talk a little bit more about what what uh, he might do this summer because uh, you're, you're talking about three players maximum coming in. Do you think he's looking at the the squad now and saying, well, if I had Song fit all season, Sesk, Van Persie, Arshavin, Gallus, Bentner, if they had been fit all season long. Arsenal season would have been different and I think probably everyone would accept that uh, it, it would have been different is he then going to target signings who will improve the first team or is he going to look to bring in some squad players who are slightly better than the ones we have well I, I, I totally agree with, with people when they say that Arsenal have been so unlucky with injuries um, and, and I can totally understand that but then I do think perhaps then that's an area that, that, that they need to address and that, that I think there are going to be um, changes in the medical staff, aren't there? So, uh, which, which Colin Lewin has already outlined. So, I'm pleased to hear that. Are there going to be that. more changes? 
Well, I just no. I just think the the, the guy who, who was at Norwich who's who sort of then come back, and then I think the um, uh, basically the doctor is then bringing in his own own member of staff. So I think there's just be one physio in, one physio out, if you like. So, right. but I think Colin Colin then stays Colin then stays in in, in charge. Um, so, but I do think perhaps. You know, I think I've touched on this in the past that basically Arsenal score a lot of late goals and you put that down to the spirit, but it also means that Arsenal, you know, really obviously extend their players in fitness terms, if you like, um, uh, basically. So they must push their players hard in training because they're fit and they can outrun opposition until the very last minute. And that clearly is taking its toll. I'm talking here in terms of sort of hamstring pulls, you know, calf injuries, because, mm. look, you know, Arsenal have lost Gallas and Marlon for the end of the season. You know, they've played so many games, haven't they, but they've been outstanding throughout. But clearly that those training levels are going to take its toll, and, and, and you would like to think that Arsenal would have a bit more backup. I think I think where, you know, the signings will, will occur, I think there's a growing feeling now that, that Gallas might be on his way. I think he's obviously angling now for for um, you know he's been angling for a two year contract. I think Arsenal have offered him a, a one year contract with a one year option, which you know would kick in automatically if he played a certain number of games. I think he's obviously playing a waiting game and seeing whether he can get something better elsewhere. Um, and if that happens, then I'm sure that they'll get in. Well, I think they'll get in their new centre half, whatever, because obviously Sandros is he's, he's a free agent and so can go. So, um, so that'll be that'll be another one. And it's just a, it's just a, then I think it's a question more of of sort of tweaking the squad. We've got Shamak to come back, and he'll complement and perhaps be a different variation on the strikers. Um, so that'll be an interesting one. But I'd like to see perhaps another um, central midfield player. I just think that, I think that perhaps there's a need um, for, for a few signings, you know, maybe three um, or four possibly, just to freshen up the squad and really sort of say, look, in the end, Arsenal season wasn't quite good enough. And I think, you know, to, to maintain a push for the title right until the end, I think the squad needs strengthening in, in key areas, a goalkeeper, centre-half. Um, you know, maybe central midfield and then Tremac's coming in. So, you know, that, that'd be good to see. I'm just a little bit concerned also that I think unless you get those sort of really good signings that will strengthen the squad, will, will, will Cesc Fabregas be happy for the whole summer? Um, we keep on seeing, you know, Andrei Arshavin talking in the, in the Russian media, which he then blames on poor translation back here. But <laughs> I'm sorry, but if he was that concerned about about the poor translation back here, perhaps he, he would be perhaps a little bit more diplomatic than he has been and continually blame the press. I think he's a little bit of a, bit of a lame excuse. Had a buy or tried that one. And I think, you know, fans, if he was digging in and really showing fantastic performances week in, week out, and great commitment, then I think fans would be a little bit perhaps more understanding. Mm. But Andre Arshavin himself hasn't had a very good season by his high standards. So I think he should perhaps concentrate on his own game uh, rather than keep up continually spouting off. Um, so that that is another little bit of concern. And I do also think that Bakari Sanya's agent perhaps has, 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 has been a little bit noisy of late, so I think it's going to happen there. And, and Gael Clichy, you know, too, I think, you know, has been linked with Barcelona. And when those things happen, you know, it's easy to, um, you know, for, for players to turn around and say, well, I'm 100% committed. And that hasn't quite happened happened yet. I really hope that, that Gael Clichy and Bakari Sanya stay. 
But again, you know, uh, you know, little tweaks might, might happen. But I do think a goalkeeper, centre half, and midfielder absolutely must, as, as, as well as um, uh, Shamak, really for Arsenal to push on next season. All right. Um, the season, obviously, when we've spoken about this, is ending on a very uh, poor note. Uh, the it's- quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Shouldn't really have come to a position where Spurs could possibly take third place from Arsenal. The the way it's ended has that really cast a, a big cloud over what came until more or less the start of April. You know, everybody was uh, everybody was reasonably content with the way things were going. I'm not sure the expectation that we were going to win the league was there, but we were there or thereabouts. Um, has the way the season ended cast a big shadow over? Uh, has it made people forget the good stuff that came before it, or, um, or what? I don't know. Maybe it's uh, as my brother said that you know the way things have gone recently has added some truth to the to the table that Arsenal perhaps have overachieved until until now. Yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting point there. I think that perhaps um, I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't think from from the start of the season that Arsenal would win the title. I think it, I, if I'm brutally honest, I thought that they would be struggling to to um, uh, to finish fourth, really. Um, so I think that they've really done had a fantastic season. They've made you know me look like idiots at times, really, and um, and I, I'm pleased, really so pleased that they've done that. And um, but I do think that I, th- I think the truth rolls out, and over the course of 38 games, I think you finish where you deserve to finish, and I think Arsenal will finish third. But I think they'll finish a fair distance now um, behind the front two. I think it's slightly misleading because I think since losing at Spurs, they've really lost their their focus, as I mentioned before, and I think that will obviously have an impact on their final, you know, finishing points tally. Um, and they, I think they deserve to finish a little bit higher up. But as I say, you probably, you know, and counter argument is you, you, you finish where you deserve to. So I think I think that's been a bit disappointing. But I do think there's been an element. I think people who watch them week in, week out, I think in their heart of hearts, they've really enjoyed the sort of the, 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 the wonderful times this season, topping the table. It's been brilliant. It's been fantastic. And some players have really stepped to the plate. But I think really, I think everyone in their heart of hearts knew that Crack Fedful just that slightly bit short 
um, when, when sort of the major titles were, were handed out. And I think that's, you know, disappointing, therefore, that Arsenal didn't make more of a push for the FA Cup because mm. we all talk about 2005 being the last time Arsenal won a trophy. That was in the FA Cup. I think it would have been Arsenal could have won an FA Cup this season. And I think all of a sudden, you know, fans who, who are fantastically loyal, but there's, there's a, I do think there's a small minority last season. There's time for a change with the manager. I think that, that's growing a bit. And I think there's going to be some perhaps comfortable blings and rumbles from shareholders and, and, and sort of in you know in the press I think when people have their say and say well you know the manager's underachieved again I absolutely lay my cards on the table I'm a huge Wenger fan still think he's the best man for the job I'm, I'm convinced he'll sign a new contract till 2013 and be the right man for the job so um, I do think though that he must deliver a trophy last season although I said that last summer as well so <laughs> fingers crossed alright well finally just the Fulham game everybody's going into it a little more anxious than they would like obviously because of the, the situation um, the Europa League final is, is taking place on, on Wednesday and Fulham have done brilliantly to get there and I, I hope they go on and win it because Roy Hodgson has been fantastic is he obviously going to look at that game? They've asked for it they asked the Premier League to, to put the Arsenal game back so they could have more time to prepare is he going to rest the vast majority of, of the team that he's going to pick on Wednesday? And, and will that make it easier for Arsenal to pick up the point or points that they need? Well, I do think he'll rest a lot of players because, you know, he's got an injury though. Um, Bobby Zamora, Daniel. Um, I just think it would be madness to, to risk more players. I mean, you know, if Fulham go into Europa League final without those two players, I mean, it's going to be hard enough, you know, and without those two, it's going to be absolutely devastating. So I think it's going to be you know, I think it's a no-brainer for, for Roy Hodgson. He will rest players. But I have to say, he rested quite a few um, for, for the game that I was at last Sunday, which was West Ham. And, and, that, and they played really well. It was definitely, I know they sort of had a bad result against Stoke and a disappointment. But I do have to say, I think, you know, they're, they're riding a bit of a crusty Europa League wave at the moment. So I don't think it's going to be easy. But I do think Arsenal will get exactly, you know, at the very least, the point they need to the finish of Tottenham <laughs> which I can't believe that we're actually having to talk about you know because a month or so ago that seemed preposterous but I do think they'll get enough on, on Sunday at the Emirates Alright John uh, thanks very much indeed we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you again next season Thanks very much to John Cross, and as well as his stuff in the mirror, you will find him on Twitter. And unlike some journalists who use Twitter to broadcast their opinions and pay no attention whatsoever to anything anybody else says, they don't follow anyone, they don't reply to any uh, messages, uh, John is exactly the opposite. Uh, he will engage with you if you follow him or if you talk to him on Twitter, whether you agree with him or he agrees with you or not. Uh, he's always good for a bit of back and forth. It's twitter.com forward slash John Cross Mirror. That's twitter.com forward slash John Cross Mirror. He is good for a follow. Now, before we move on with the show, here's Sylvester. Hello, everyone. It's me again, Sylvester. Oh, we are also down in the Arsenal dressing room at the moment. We haven't won a game in what seems like forever. And then we lost against Blackburn and that disgusting gum-chewing manager. Oh, we all ate him so much he make us sick to our stomach. But it is not our fault. It is all down to the goalkeeper. Have to say my long professional career, he is certainly the worst. And I do not care for him one bit. Which is odd, because normally I like a great big pole. Uh, oh! 
So the last few weeks have not been what you would call a great deal of fun for Arsenal fans. From being in a position where we were well and truly in the title race, we slipped back to the fringes of it and then results in recent weeks have seen us fall out of it altogether. We should have had third place wrapped up before now. Uh, Instead, we go into the game against Fulham on Sunday knowing we need at least a draw uh, to make sure that Spurs uh, don't get into third place ahead of us. Spurs finishing above us of all people. Imagine, just horrendous. And it's caused a lot of anger and frustration and uh, upset to Arsenal fans. And uh, that's fully understandable. Being frustrated, angry and upset myself, I completely understand. And there are people now that think Arsene Wenger has taken this club as far as he can take it. And that too, I understand. And there are people that think certain players aren't up to it. Completely understand that as well. And completely respect people's right to have that opinion. I might not necessarily agree with it. I don't, as it stands. I think uh, Arsene is still the right man for the job. Uh, Depending on what he does this summer, though, I I still think that. But I respect somebody's right to have that opinion. If they can argue that eloquently or if they can put forward their own uh, beliefs, absolutely fine. No problem. But a couple of things I saw this week were just painful. A blog called Arsenal Action saying that they hope Spurs finish above Arsenal. No, the only people who want Spurs to finish above Arsenal... Spurs fans. That's all. You can dress it up any way you want. You can say that you want them to finish above us so uh, the club will see that things need to change. What a load of bollocks. That's a load of shit. All you want there is failure to suit your own agenda. Why would you want, actively want, your club to fail? It's one thing reacting to the club uh, going through a bad time or not getting the results that you think they're going to get is one thing reacting to that. But to actively wish for it, that's a fucking cunt's job and no mistake. It really is. So Arsenal action, go fuck yourselves. Seriously, what a load of old bollocks. And then the other thing I saw was on the online Gunner. And I know uh, they take a lot of submissions from people all over the place and uh, the submissions that they get don't necessarily reflect the uh, the outlook of, of the online Gunner, etc., etc. So I want to make that clear. But there was one guy saying that the only way that we can uh, make a point or Arsenal fans can make a point to the club that they want things to change or want things to be different is uh, after 80 minutes of the Fulham game, everybody get up and walk out. So regardless of what's happening in the game, a game that now means something, the fans should get up and walk out. To make a point. Yes, we want you to buy a new goalkeeper. Therefore, we're all leaving on 80 minutes. And of course, whatever happens in the game, there is the traditional, I suppose you call it a lap of appreciation. Not so much honor. There's not a great deal of honor in the way that the season is finished. But a lap of appreciation for uh, for the players and from the players to the fans. It's not so much from the fans to the players. It's from the players to the fans. Because there are people that have followed the team up and down uh, England and across Europe this season, and it's a way uh, for the players to show a bit of appreciation to them. But the idea that all the fans should get up and walk out when there are players that have played with broken legs 
Cesc Fabregas took a penalty and played on against Barcelona with a broken leg. Guys that have really performed and given it their all this season. Vermaelen, Cesc, Van Persie when he's been fit. Alex Song, all these players that have tried their hardest, and there are some that have done that. There are some that have fallen short, obviously, in terms of the performances. But the idea that all the fans should turn their back on the players because of the last few weeks of the season strikes me as as a bit shabby, really. Nobody's happy with the way things have gone, and nobody's happy with five years without a trophy. But fuck's sake, come on walking out, wanting Spurs to finish above us. That's just small-time, part-time, half-witted, nonsensical, great-swollen testicle bollocks is what that is. And I don't really have any more to say on it other than I'm thankful that the vast majority of people that read Arsblog and contribute to Arsblog aren't anywhere near as fucking dense as that. Now, a man who's been in the news a bit this week... Arshavin. Hello, I am Arshavin, and uh, this week, not happy, even though I make uh, come on back, like this, yes, come on back in the Blackburn game, but uh, lose Blackburn game, but this uh, not why unhappy. Mm. Newspaper called uh, People make story to say that uh, Arshavin don't like uh, play at Arsenal and uh, go to Barcelona in uh, in summer with Clichy. And for this, uh, I am not happy because uh, it's false. Not uh, bad translation, but uh, journalists not uh, understand. I am talking to him about the uh, holiday cliche and uh, Arshavin going on a road trip. <laughs> Have hired Volkswagen uh, to drive um, to Barcelona, going uh, to see all good things like uh, Sagrada de la Familia and the uh, beach and uh, Penelope Cruz, maybe. Arshavin, very excited, have uh, made mixtape of uh, top Russian music, which uh, include all your old favorite, such as... And also... And who could forget unique vocal stylings of this man? So, can see why Arshavin not happy about the summer holiday plan made public. Clichy, he is bringing uh, 
Travel Scrabble and uh, Walcott also come on trip, but is a uh, houseboy. More from Arshavin on another Arscast in the very near future, despite the fact the final game of the season takes place this Sunday. There will be, I suppose, at least two more Arscasts before it takes its well-deserved summer break. We've got to do a uh, end-of-season jobby and something else. I don't know. There'll probably be another couple anyway before we go on summer holidays, and Arshavin is bound to feature in one of those. As I said, final game of the season on Sunday. We have to get something. Team news is that uh, from the group of players that was available against Blackburn, only Gail Clichy might be back. So that means Song is still out, Rosicki is still out, Bentner is still out, and that's on top of all the other guys that are out injured as well. So uh, it doesn't leave us a great deal of uh, rotating room, does it? Guys that didn't necessarily play so well against Blackburn are going to get another chance. I would hope that Eduardo plays on Sunday. I think the manager, having put Carlos Vela in and seen him do that, is is he's got to play Eduardo. Might well be Eduardo's last game for Arsenal. Given the way his season has gone and the fact that he seems to be so out of favour, it would be nice if Eduardo were to score a couple of goals. Fulham, of course, have got the Europa League final on Wednesday. And genuinely, I hope they go on and win it because I think Roy Hodgson has done a fantastic job there and he seems like a very nice man. And I've seen the stories linking him with the Liverpool job and I'm thinking, no, don't do that. Don't do that, Roy. That would be the wrong move for you. Because Liverpool obviously are fucked. They're in terrible shape. And for Roy to go in and take over from Wafa, well, I, I just don't think it would be right. Because when he's Liverpool manager, you've got to, you know, you've got to say, well, you're a bit of a cunt now. Uh, but anyway, I'm straight from the point. I hope they go on. I hope they win the thing. Because Roy's a decent man and um, it'd be nice to see him get some success. Um, So they're going to play a fairly weakened team, you would have thought. But then you've got the, the feeling that maybe some of these weakened team guys are are going to try and play their way into the into the squad for the Europa League final. Will they give more than they would give normally? So it's all a little bit worrying. You're looking for our guys, for Van Persie, to have a big game. For Arshavin, who's fit, he could have a big game. Walcott, have a good game. Diaby, have a decent game for once, will you? Fabianski, don't make another mistake. Will he play Fabianski? That's the thing. Is Almunia fit enough to come back? Will he remember the the heroics of Manone against Fulham at Craven Cottage and give the Italian a game? So he's got a few decisions to make. Uh, the rest of the team more or less picks itself. And you just hope that um, having gone so well for so long this season that on the final day they can pull out a performance and it won't end in a, a horrible nasty way this season I don't want it to end like that because it has been very negative and understandably so as I said it's been you know easy to get frustrated and cross with the way things have have ended up this season but uh, I think it would be nice if it didn't end in a bad way if we went out and stuck a few goals past Fulham and not everything in the garden is rosy again but the idea or the reaction at the final whistle, should things not go our way and Spurs beat Burnley, I mean, I don't even want to think about that. 
not just from the point of view of uh, of what it means for us and having to play a qualifying, but just nobody wants that. So, uh, and I'm sure the players and the manager don't want that either. So, I hope that they can do something um, that they haven't been doing in the last little while, and that's winning a game. And I hope they can win it comfortably enough. So that's really about it. And keeping my fingers crossed for the final game of the season, I'm worrying at my now fulsome beard. Listen, you hear that? That's my beard now. I'm growing a beard, you see. I have to. I'll explain another day. But I hope it's a lucky beard and that we beat Fulham quite convincingly and and then finish the season on not quite so much a high, but not a low. Not a low, low. Really low, low. Like Barry White low. So until next week's Arsecast, take it easy, have yourselves a great weekend, talk to you on the blog in the meantime, cheers, bye-bye. Welcome back to WDIK Radio, or Double Dick as they call it. They put you in mind of your man Larkin, do you remember? He used to live out there beyond the Brennan farm. He had two of, of those that the priest told you never to touch. Well, not quite two, it was like one small one grown out of the side of the main one. He'd show it to you for 50p. You could touch it for a pound. I never had a pound. Coming up on the show, we'll be talking to John Paul Ryan, a local man who has an amazing story to tell. He was hit by lightning, and now he can shoot electric bolts out of his mickey. Very popular in town at the moment, I believe, especially with the ladies. Now, though, we've got the classifieds coming up here now. For sale... One tractor, only three wheels though. Fine otherwise, contact Seamus on 0828578285729613. Discount available for fans of Murder She Wrote. Wanted, scarecrow or unemployed person to work as a scarecrow. Good hours, free sandwiches and the minimum scarecrow wage applies. For sale, two sheep in perfect condition, apart from one of them is retarded and thinks that he's meatloaf. On the upside though, he will do anything for love and unlike meatloaf, he will do that. For sale, six bottles of homemade nettle wine made from nettles. Tastes almost exactly like a 1957 Chateau Lafitte will only sell as a lot and must be collected. Collector must tell nobody where they're going to get it. Must also not show fear 
if a man dressed as a sinister clown answers the door. Wanted, man aged fifty-four, seeks woman for friendship and possibly more than friendship. Interests include watching TV, eating dinner while watching TV, drinking pints of ale with a Guinness head, and being beaten about the face with a baguette while being pissed on. No time wasters, please. And finally, for sale, Polish goalkeeper, barely used although somewhat battered, has lovely black hair in pudding ball style, will take 20 euro or nearest offer, will throw in bowl for good measure. Absolutely and utterly no refunds. That's your classifieds. We'll be back after this commercial break. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 